Loving Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your grace and your mercy, that grace that holds us now in this moment, your mercy that is, that is bestowed upon us daily. All we have to do is ask for it, Lord. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. And that is just a staggering statement for us to comprehend. But it also gives us such faith that, that nothing that we have shocks you. Your foundation is not rocked by what you see. You are prepared for everything that we can pour out to you. There is nothing new under the sun. And you have paved a way for us, Lord. Not just today, but for every day. Not for one sin, but for every sin. And you sent your son the perfect sacrifice. And your word said there is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son. And we make that declaration this morning that Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all creation. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Hey, good morning, church. Welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Why don't you please take a seat? Just quickly say hello to someone. For you guys that are joining us online, we give you a great welcome. And, uh, you know, say, why don't you say hello to someone who's on the chat? And uh, we'll in, get into our service now. So, good morning. As I said, welcome. Thank you. I got the mic. Yay. Thanks. So I just want to remind you guys about uh, cards. You connect and your next step cards are available by, via the Church Centre app, which I'm certain that if you're here with us right now, you have checked in. And if you don't know how to check in, why don't you make an appointment with Beck and she'll show you how to use that app or someone who's probably a bit younger than me. Um, I'm still struggling with some of that technology every now and then. And we just ask that we just use the laptop out the front for our visitors and um, we just use our mobile devices. And if you're online, um, please just check out uh, the prompts that, that are probably on your screen right now. And if you want to check in and you don't know how to do that via an app, just leave a comment in the chat section. Um, offering, so to, to give, basically because we don't really touch money and take up offerings right now. However, there is a a place up the back for you to drop your envelope in if that's what you wish. But the details for giving online are in your newsletter and also via the Church Centre app. I just want to remind you all that after the church service today, there is a special church meeting. And it's to uh, have a quick discussion and a vote on the car park access for, uh, I think it's Turn Turnbull, um, Hino dealership so they can access in and out of our, not the car park, but the driveway. SBC Kids, creche is now on for zero to four-year-olds. I'm sure you all know who you are, maybe parents. And SB Kids for kinder to grade six will begin during the next song. And if you could just watch for the banner on the screen and any other announcements, please just check 
the bulletins and the newsletters. I'm going to be a little vulnerable here and I just want to share something uh, with you guys. And um, pertinent to me, but I'm hoping it'll be pertinent to you guys as well. So, in the book of 2 Kings, Elisha is the prophet. And the school of prophets, or Bible college students in our language, decide that the place that they inhabit is not big enough. They go to the prophet Elisha and say, let's go down the road and we'll build ourselves a new place. And in the process... They were chopping down some trees. And then one of the students goes, I've lost my axe head. And the prophet says, where did you lose it? He said, in the water. What's the point of that? Because that, I think, is what's happened to me in the last 12 to 18 months. And I'm just wondering whether you've lost your axe head this morning. See, the axe head to me symbolises that thing that we were sharp in once, the gift that you had. What did you do? How did you use it? And I guess circumstances are being what circumstances are. It was easy to, because we couldn't meet at church or we couldn't get involved in the things that we were familiar with and do the things that we're familiar with and comfortable with, make it sort easy to get on a little bit of an innocuous slide before all of a sudden you're faced with the reality that you're not where you should be. And the interesting thing in that story is the prophet Elisha says, where did you lose it? And the the prophet or the, the student says, well, it was over there in the lake and there's another part to the story which is not relevant really, but I'm going to ask you, as I've asked myself, where did you lose it? What was it that impacted you or changed you to sort of become blunt? When Pastor Brad asked me to preach a couple of weeks ago, I had a bit of a panic attack. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And that was the point where God said to me, where did you lose it? What is it that you've done or not done? It's caused you to lose it. So my challenge to all of us, because I don't think this is just me, from what I've heard with people that I've shared with, the last 18 months has impacted a lot of us. So I encourage you, seek God. We're going to have a prayer time. And this is not just me praying for me. I want us all to pray for me. No, I want us all to pray for each other here. So would you stand with me, please? And I'm going to do that thing that people out the front don't like. Allow a little bit of silence. Have some background music. And for the next 20 or 30 seconds, I want you to examine your hearts. Allow God to examine your heart. Where are you at with him right now? How sharp are you? Are you doing anything at all? Because it's very easy to be a participator. Sorry, a spectator and not a participator.
Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, fall upon us this morning. Rest upon us. Let this place be heavy with your presence as you examine our hearts. Examine our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We exalt your name this morning, God. We believe, Father, that you will reveal to us areas in our lives that we need to bring before you. We ask, Lord, that we don't try to do the things in our own strength, that you would help us to pick up our own accent, that we would become the people that you would want us to be. that you would be the truth in our lives. That you would be our saviour. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God, this morning, that's our prayer that you would awake our souls. God, to sing your praise, to turn our face towards you. God, we thank you that you are in this place, you are in this room. God, that we can trust you, we can worship you, we can pray to you. God, you hear our prayers. You answer our prayers. And God, this morning, again, our prayer is that you would speak to us. God, when you speak, there is life. When you speak, there is change. So, God, we pray for your voice to be heard this morning. We pray the same thing in our kids and generations ministry this morning, that your voice would be heard in the hearts of young people this morning. That they might know your love, they might know your grace. Thank you for meeting with us this morning, for for being with us and for, for the opportunity we have to open your word give you praise, we give you honour, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, please grab a seat, good morning, good morning, good morning to those online, it's great to have you with us, fantastic, it is a good morning, isn't it, it's very good, well there's good news and bad news this morning, some, you know, there's family news, good family news, bad family news, you want the good or the bad first? Should we start with the bad first? The sad thing is that we're saying goodbye to Mahana and Sudan and Sibu and Sibu. Sibi and Sibu, sorry. Uh, they're moving. You guys want to stand up and give us a little wave. They're moving across to Geelong, is that right? Across that way. Um, across the state um, this week. And so that's the last Sunday with us this morning. And uh, they've been a part of our, our church for, um, what, two years? about two years now, yeah, and so it's been a, a wonderful privilege to get to know you guys and to have you um, as a part of our family. So how about we just pray for, for this family as they move, as they settle into a new place. Um, Chris Prani and, and Prasanth are, are staying local in town, um, but let's pray for this family as they um, take this journey. 
God, we thank you for Mahana and Sudan and the boys, and we thank you for, for their faith in you. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had to have them a part of our family, a part of our fellowship. And God, we pray that as they make this move, God, that we know that you are going before them, that you have paved a way, that you have a family, you have a, a place for them to belong, a place for them to contribute. And God, we pray for the boys as they transition in school and in friends, God, that you would go before them as well. God, we thank you that you will bless them as they move. And God, we thank you for, yeah, for the opportunity that we've had to have them a part of our fellowship. And uh, God, we give you praise and thanks for them as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. So that's the bad news. The good news is, well, it was good, but they've left, is that it's, uh, there's a first-time guest here this morning, and that is Maxwell River Salomon, baby Maxie, as he's affectionately known, although he's just stepped out of the room, maybe he's having a feed or a sleep or a, a cry or something, a toilet break. Um, but baby Maxie is, um, of course, my sister and Rochelle and her husband Rowan's second-born little son, who's about two weeks old now, um, maybe a two and a half weeks old. Oh, I should know the dates. Um, great uncle. Um, but congratulations to Rowan and Rochelle, even though they were here in the room, and, and Laura is uh, besotted and uh, very excited, and so are all the, the cousins. It's a growing clan of ours. Um, yep, watch out, kids' ministry. Sorry about all the cousins that are all going to be in there all at the same time in the near future. <laughs> good on you, Steve. Doesn't know what he's getting himself into. So that's the good news, good and bad news. There's always family news um, when we've got a family this size. There's things happening, um, and so um, we need to be praying for each other. We also need to be praying for, um, for Pauline and Breck Tonkin. Pauline's mum passed away, uh, and the funeral is tomorrow, um, I believe, and so we need to be praying for, for the family as they grieve and, and go through that um, time. Um, so we will be praying for them as well in a moment. But this morning, um, we are, of course, going through continuing our values series. Um, we are, um, we've done two so far, Home for All, There is Room for You. Last week, we looked at the second value, which is, of course, Truth Seekers. That's right, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. Um, and this morning, we are jumping into our third value, praying people, believing for the impossible. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. The Spirit of God works through us and speaks to us in a supernatural way. In 1 John 5, verse 13 to 15, it says this, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know um, you have eternal life. And we are confident that He hears us when ever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that, we will give, uh, that he will give us what we ask for. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that we have the ability to, to read it, we have the ability to understand it, and we have your spirit who will speak uh, your truth into us. And God, we pray that that would happen this morning. God, we also lift up... Um, the needs in our family um, that we know. We thank you for, and we give you praise for, for Maxwell and his safe arrival. And God, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for his life. We give you also praise for, um, for Grace and for 
for, and, we get, and we lift up Pauline and, and Breck to you and the wider family as well. And God, we just thank you for, um, for, for her life and her legacy, her faith in you. And God, we thank you that she is safe at home with you right now. So God, would you give your peace and you give, give your comfort to the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever ask yourself, what if? What if? Sometimes I ask myself, what if? Um, not, not often, but sometimes, what if I had a different job? I mean, I love this job, but some, sometimes I ask myself, what if I had a different job? You know, there's times where people ask you what you do. Um, I mean, it's just a natural part of conversation. And when you say, depending on when the setting, where the setting is, when you say that you're a, a pastor or a minister, um, often if you're in a... I was at an engagement party last night, um, and when you say that to someone, they just... They don't know what to say. It's like all of a sudden they freeze. They're like, oh, no, I've said the wrong thing already. Um, I'm not drinking anything. Um, I've got to act sober. You know, they do all the, all the things. You can just see it, like, racing through their mind of the things they've said to you already, the things that they regret saying. Oh, what if? Uh, um, and so I sometimes think, what if I didn't have this job and, or what if I just made up maybe a different occupation? Um, they might just be themselves, like, ultimately, that's, that's what I hope people would do in front of me. Um, uh, or what if, you know, sometimes I think, well, what if I was, like, um, in the gym every day, like, not from now, but what if I had already done that for 15 years? Like, man, that would have been good. Man, that would have been good if I had done that. Um, or, you know, sometimes that can get a little bit more serious, or what if I had have made this decision in life? What if I hadn't have done that, uh, that hurt that person? What if I had have done this um, that would have been more beneficial to my family or to someone close to me? What if? What if? This morning I want to ask a couple of what if questions. What if um, that might hopefully stir us uh, and challenge us, inspire us? What if believers really believed? I mean, we believe. We believe, but I think sometimes, I know I'm speaking for myself here, sometimes the things we say with our mouth aren't always as confident in our hearts. Is that true of anyone else? Just me? Well, hopefully you're not in shock that your pastor just confessed that. But sometimes when we say, God, I believe you can do anything, and then inside you're like, oh, I want to believe that. I want to believe that, but sometimes I don't fully believe that. What if we prayed about everything? What about, what if we prayed first in every situation? What would happen? What if we believed that there was power in the words that we speak? Some of you might not think there's much power in the words that you speak, that your words are, are powerless, but I can tell you, if you tell someone that they're stupid every day of their life, they're going to, those words are going to be powerful. They're going to begin to shape some of that person's thinking. The words that we speak, especially the ones we speak on repeat, are powerful. The ones we speak to ourselves, our inner voice, the ones we speak to others, they are powerful. What if we believe that God really hears us when we pray? And not only that, that he not only hears us, but he answers us, that it causes him to act in a way that maybe he wouldn't have if we didn't pray. I've got two young boys, 
And one thing that I'm sure that if you're a parent and have had young kids before is the um, repetitive, dad, 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 dad. I mean, it, sometimes it feels like they're saying it about 50 to 100 times in the space of 30 seconds. They just, it's like they're, you know, the old um, CDs that has a scratch in it. It's like, da, 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 da. that's what it sounds like. And it's like, especially when you're talking to someone or you're in the middle of something, I think that sometimes they say it because they think that you didn't hear them the first time and sometimes I have to remind my boys that I heard you the first time, I'm just in the middle of something, I'll get to it in a second. I heard you, give me a second though, I know what is best, or at least as a, um, as a human, as best as I know how, I think I know what's best for you, but you can't see that. You think that waiting for five minutes for something is the end of the world, it's going to ruin the moment. The opportunity is going to have passed by then. And I think sometimes when we pray, this can be our thinking. It might not be as simple as that, but we can think, oh, I'm praying and asking God for this thing. And I don't know if he's really hearing me, or maybe he's hearing me, but he's not really interested in that prayer. And so we give up with the dad, 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 dad. We think, oh, it's no use, it doesn't work. But know this, that God hears you when you pray. And I mean, he really hears you. He really hears you. You can be praying right now while I'm speaking, and he really hears you. It might seem like he's checked out, but he hears, he knows you, he loves you. Your prayers matter to him. Praying people believing for the impossible. This is the value. These values will shape our culture as we embrace them. The little um, words underneath the, the value is one of the, the sentences is prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. You know, for some of us, and I was speaking for myself here as well. For some of us, prayer is not our default in every situation. Instead, what our default is, is worry. When something is happening in our life, when something is happening in our world that seems a little bit uncontrollable, seems a little bit unknown, I'm great at worrying. I mean, if worrying was a spiritual gift, I would be scoring very high on that test. I'm great at worry. Sometimes I can stay up all night worrying. I wish I did the same with prayer. I'm great at worrying. Has anyone ever been kept awake at night worrying about something? And the later it gets, the more ridiculous the worry gets. Like, I'm great at worrying when it's windy outside. I think my house is going to fall down. And I mean, I've helped build the thing, so I'm pretty sure it's not. Well, maybe it will. Maybe that's why I'm worrying. I'm not sure what God's telling me there. But you know, the, the later it gets and the more howling the wind gets, the more you think, oh no, did I put the screws on the roof? Like, did I actually put them into anything or did I just leave the packet up there? Are the kids outside, are they blown away? Some of us are great at worrying. I mean, worrying is easy, isn't it? It's easy to worry about something. You don't need much of a prompt to worry. Something's happening in your world that's uncontrollable, it's like, 
I'm worried. We're great at it. I want to read a verse in Matthew 6. It's pretty well known. You know, you might have heard this before. In Matthew 6, this is Jesus speaking, and it's part of a bigger, bigger message of his. Um, he's just been speaking on prayer uh, earlier in Matthew 6, and then he gets down here in verse 25, and he says, this is, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? There it is. He just says, just, you know, just don't worry. Have you ever told yourself that in the middle of the night? Like, ah, oh, you know what, Brad, you just need to stop worrying. It just works, doesn't it? It's never worked for me. I don't know, it's just like, if I tell myself not to worry, it just seems to make the situation worse. Just don't worry. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. But I think worry breeds worry. The more we worry, the more we worry. And I think it's important that the, where this is situated in, in the context of what Jesus is talking about, he's saying pray first. When you're praying first, you don't need to worry. There is no fruit in worry. I don't know if, if worrying about something has ever ever changed anything for you. It's never changed anything for me. The more I worry about something, it doesn't seem to affect the situation at all. I've never worried something into existence or out of existence. But prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. Prayer can change things. Prayer does change things. Worry doesn't. There is no fruit in worry. And I think some of the commands of Jesus seem a little harder than others, and this one, don't worry, seems a little harder than some of the others. Maybe like, do not murder, that seems a little easier than do not worry. It's like, yeah, okay, I can, I can put my knives and my guns away, but worry, I just can't seem to not do that. Or don't grumble or complain. I mean, I have been guilty of grumbling and complaining over these last 12 months. I don't know about you, but I've found myself in situations where it's very easy to grumble or complain about the situation. Or don't let your hearts be troubled. And some of us just don't take the commands seriously at all. We're just like, ah, they're not, they're not serious like the do not murder one or the do not commit adultery one. I mean, they're the big ones we should worry about. I mean, the worry about, there we go. But I think when we pray first, when we have this value of a praying people, believing for the impossible, these commands that seem so hard actually become a lot easier, actually fall into place. Jesus goes on in Matthew 6, 31 to 33, so don't worry about these things, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. Instead of worrying, seek God. Or maybe the other way we should put it is when we pray first, worry goes away. 
when we live the way that God and Jesus has designed us to live, to cast our cares on him, to pray without ceasing, to turn to him in every situation, then worry becomes less and less in our life. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. And sometimes prayers might seem unanswered. Or the things that we're asking God for might not happen the way that we pray for them to happen. But God knows more than we do. And, and if, if we just rely on our worries, that's never going to change anything. At least prayer does change something. Prayer does work. Second line of that, the value, the, 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 the little paragraph underneath says, the Spirit of God works through us and speaks to us in a supernatural way. The Spirit of God works through us and speaks to us in a supernatural way. Don't know about you, but I seem to live or live from one event to the next event. Like when I'm at something, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to, after church, we're going to have our special church meeting, then I'm going to home have some lunch, and then I always plan and wish and pray that I would have a nap after that, but it never has happened yet, but I'm still got it in my Sunday afternoon calendar. One event to the other, and then just the journey is just like, those in-between times are just whatever, they're not important, it's just getting from one point to the other. You know, when I think about Jesus' life, his one event to the next event was often prayer. As in, he was often on the way to go pray. He wasn't on the way somewhere and then praying on the way. He was often on the way to pray and then the in-between was when the supernatural happened, was when the miracles happened. It was like interrupted or someone came and um, touched his, the hem of his garment or, or whatever was going on around him the effects of his prayer-to-prayer life was miracles and supernatural things happening around him. And I wonder if we lived like that a little bit more, lived from prayer to prayer, and then the fruit of that prayer, what would happen around us, the supernatural things that we might see. I know, I think in, um, in my life personally, um, Alana and I have two boys, but we obviously didn't always have two kids, haven't always been around. Uh, And there was a time where we had planned and hoped to have children and it wasn't happening for us. Maybe we weren't doing it right, I'm pretty sure we were, pretty sure we had that bit figured out. But we, we couldn't have children like when we planned to have them. And I mean, for me, that caused a lot of worry and a lot of stress, not as much as for... Um, I mean, for Alana, it was uh, even more so. And I remember a, a pivotal moment in our journey was stopping together um, in tears and turned to God, just saying, God, we surrender. It's not our will anymore. I mean, we want this so desperately to happen. But you know what? If you've got a different plan for us, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll stop focusing on what we want and we'll focus on what you want. And so we, with open hands, just let go of the idea of having children. We just said, well, that, maybe that's, we're not going to push it. 
and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying for those that go down different paths, that's your journey. You do um, your journey. But for us, that was what we needed to get to. And it was when we got to that moment that um, we instead said, well, let's open a, a business. And Alana opened a, a beauty salon and, and began a business within literally a month of that opening. You know, this is how God works. It's like we fell pregnant. Everything went smoothly. There's no problems. And I look back and think, man, if we had a fell pregnant when we did, we would not be where we are today. Alana tells me daily of the ministry moments that she has in her salon. I mean, I, I honestly think that um, she has more ministry moments than I ever do. The conversations that she has and the ways that she can encourage and talk to people who, who most of them don't yet know God, talk to them about her faith, point them to Jesus, is incredible. And those moments wouldn't have happened if we had have got our way, but instead God had a way of orchestrating our lives. And I thank him for it. In the time, it was hard to see. It's like one of those moments of, Dad, 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 oh, it's not listening. It's not happening. But I think when we pray, and we, we pray with that posture of surrender, God, this is what I desire, this is what I want to happen, but I'm holding it with an open hand because I know ultimately you love me more than I even love myself. You know far more than I do. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. Four quick points on developing a prayer culture. You think, oh my gosh, is that just the intro, Brad? Now we're getting to the four points. Whew. They're really quick. Like Prayer culture. Prayer culture. Four thoughts I just wanted to share with you. A prayer culture prays first. A prayer culture prays first. Reaction-type prayers. It's like something's happening... Let's pray. I know often um, our eldest Harrison will come into our bed in the middle of the night because he's, he has a lot of nightmares. And our first reaction is, well, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's ask God because he can change something. He can change this. Let's be a pray first type of church. Not pray last, not like, oh, let's see if we can sort this out ourselves and then, oh, we can't, well, we, may as well, we may as well pray. I mean, can't hurt, right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's our attitude, isn't it? Oh, hello. <laughs> Whoever was praying for that screen to... No. <laughs> praise first. Prayer culture, praise with. Praise with. How often have you said to someone, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. It's like, thank you. Take that. I mean, it's great to say that. I'm not diminishing that sort of line at all. I'll pray for you and then sort of part ways and I mean, you might pray for them, you might not. Who knows? I mean, hopefully you're a person of your word and you do. But what is better is, oh wow, it's like a prayer fight going on here. I think we're, oh, oh, nope. I think we're good. Praise with. I think what's better is when there's a situation that's going on, how about, can I pray for you? Like now, can we pray together? Wherever you are. Like I love it when I see people in this building, after church, they're, they're talking about something obviously and someone's sharing their heart and someone will just stop, put their hand on the shoulder and just pray for them right there and then. Or in a coffee shop or a cafe, you're talking with someone, 
you pray with them right there and then. Pray with. There's power when we pray with, when we pray with our kids. I mean, there's so much power in just modeling prayer as parents to our kids, to our grandkids, to our nephews and nieces, whatever relationship you have with younger kids, the way you can help shape their own faith is to pray with them. Share with them, this is how we pray. How about you pray? We pray first, we pray with, we pray for. We can worry about situations. We can also get very annoyed at situations, can't we? And very annoyed at people, especially. I mean, I mean, I could write a list of people that annoy me. Very easy. None of them in this room. <laughs> but again, there's no fruit in grumbling or being annoyed at people, is there? I mean, has, have you ever been annoyed at someone and it's changed them? No, it just changes you, doesn't it? It just changes your attitude. It just makes you unhappy. Prayer culture prays for. We don't get annoyed at. I mean, we might still be annoyed, but we pray for that person. We pray for each other. We pray for our friends. We pray for our enemies. We pray for people. Pray for the boss that treats you poorly. Pray for that family member. You know, you've got one. Pray for the government. Pray for your child. Pray for, don't grumble against. Pray for, don't grumble against. Praise first, praise with, praise for. Fourth one is this, praise, praise. Say that 10 times fast, praise, praise. It's the same word, isn't it? Turn your face and your heart towards Jesus and praise him. Get your mind and your focus off the things of this world and onto him, onto him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the one that can and does bring miracles. I don't know about you, but I think if we embrace this value of a praying people, believing for the impossible, we develop this prayer culture. I mean, we've got a great prayer culture already in this church. This is why it's such a value of ours already. But we continue to develop this culture. What it would do amongst us, what it would do for our community, what it would do for our families, what it would do for our next generation. My challenge, my encouragement to you is that you would be a praying people. We don't want to just pray prayers from the platform. We want to be a praying people, believing together for the impossible, believing that prayer causes things to change, that God moves through us, speaks to us as we pray. Let's pray right now. How about we stand? How about we believe God together that he might change our hearts? Team's gonna come up. We're gonna worship and sing and praise as we finish. God, this morning we turn our hearts towards you. We turn our focus, our attention towards you again. And, and God, we thank you that for your promise that you hear us when we pray. You turn your heart, you turn your ears towards us when we speak to you. And God, we thank you that you are hearing us right now. And God, for those of us here this morning that maybe have felt like we've prayed a lot, but it's never done anything, God, I pray that you might change our way of thinking. You might help us to understand what you know. You might help us to trust you again. 
God, I pray that you would help us to be a people that pray first, a people that pray with, a people that pray for, a people that pray praise. God, that we will be a community that turns to you in every situation, at every turn, believing that the impossible can be done. God, if you can change our hearts, if you can redeem our lives, you can do anything. Nothing is too hard for you. And so, God, we pray that you would awaken us to your spirit. Challenge us, stir us to sing to you, to pray to you, to experience your presence that changes us, changes other things, changes other people. God, we give you so much glory. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for for loving us and for knowing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.